passage tonight. That's all right. I want to take it a little different angle. Uh, there's nothing new written under the sun, but I tell you, sometimes if we just, uh, I've said it many times, you get to a popular Bible story, a popular passage uh, that you've heard preached and taught many times. Uh, you know, when you take a look at it again, you just got to slow down. And God will show you something. He, will, he always has something for us. He's got, uh, there's always truth in his word uh, if we just dig in. And uh, uh, that's what I want to do tonight. But Luke 15, uh, starting in verse 11. Uh, and he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followeth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and began, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him unto the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. We're going to stop at this next verse. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Lord, we thank you for the, your word tonight. We thank you for its truth. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to learn tonight. Open up our ears and our hearts, Lord. Uh, let us glean from your word. And Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would touch hearts tonight. Lord, if there's something in your word uh, that shows uh, that we need correction, Lord, help us to make those changes, Lord, to draw closer to you. Lord, if there's any lost uh, listening, maybe online, Lord, I pray that you would touch hearts tonight, and Lord, that, that they would come to know you as their Savior. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all things. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. amen. So again, very popular story, but uh, uh, we'll just slow down and look at some of this, and I want to focus more on the beginning half of the story. I feel like the uh, once he gets home, we focus a lot on that, but I want to focus before that part. Uh, so we see at the beginning, there's two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a portion of the goods that follow to me. Uh, so he's uh, the son doesn't want to wait till the father dies. He's saying, I want my inheritance now while you're still alive. Uh, and, you know, you think about that. That's uh, that's a very harsh thing to ask. And then the question is, why? Why is he asking for this inheritance? Why does he want it now? And it's because he doesn't want to live under his father's roof anymore. He doesn't want to live under father's rules. He doesn't want to live righteously. He doesn't want to, uh, to live that way anymore. And you think about that. Unfortunately, so many have made the exact same choice today, right? They made the same choice. Uh, they're tired of being what told to, to what to do. They're tired of following rules. They're tired of father's house. Uh, so they just want to walk away and live a different life. Uh, and really, when you think about it, the request of the younger son is pretty normal today. Aren't we seeing, unfortunately, we're seeing this over and over again. Uh, but the father's response is what's not normal. You know, the father, uh, what's he do? Uh, does he stop him from leaving? Does he say, you're not allowed to leave? I'm not going to let you leave. You've got to stay here. No, he divides the inheritance. He hands it out and he lets that younger son walk away. 
And you know what that tells me? I've heard Christians say this many times. Well, if God shuts the door, then that must mean he doesn't want me going that way. Or, or really, the, what they're saying is, as long as the door is open, God must be okay with it. And that's not true. Now, God will shut doors in our life, but he's not going to shut every single door. I mean, there are doors you can walk through that feel like opportunities, that feel like blessings, and it's not God's will. And that's what we see right there. The Father let him go. And I'll tell you what, the Father will let you, if you really want to go out of Father's house, he will let you walk away too. I know it's not a popular belief, but you see it right here. Uh, he, he lets him walk away. You know what that tells me? We've got to seek the Father's will if we want to know whether one uh, uh, whether a door uh, is the right door to take or not, whether it's his will or not. So 13, not many days after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. So he trades Father's house for a far country. He's got all these goods. He's got his money. He's got his freedom from father's house. He doesn't have to listen to the authority anymore. And he starts wasting his substance with riotous living. And a lot of times we go straight to verse 14 right up here. Right? We just skip over to that one. And we don't even think about this. But one thing to remember is between verse 13 and verse 14, we don't know how long it is. It could be a month. It could be a year. It could be decades. Who knows? Who knows how long he spent uh, in seemingly enjoying himself in a far country. Uh, we have no idea. But then in verse 14, everything changes. But one thing I noticed is he left. The younger son left father's house with all these blessings from the father. But while he's gone, he's not getting any new blessings from the, father, from the far country, right? He's just spending the blessings he got from Father's house until it runs out. And that's what I see. The far country, you know what it does? All it does is take. The far country never gives. It takes away. Uh, and, and that's exactly what this world does today. You may get material things and material blessings in this world, but spiritually this world just takes that's all it does until it totally takes everything. But you know what? Think about as he's gone in the far country, what if the father would have gave up? What if the father would have said, you know what? Uh, to get him back, I'm going to move to the far country. I'm going to sell my house, move to the far country. Or when he gets to the pig pen, maybe I'll just stay in the pig pen with him. Maybe I'll just compromise, give up the family business and everything else. Uh, but he doesn't do that, right? He, did, he does none of those things. While the son is wasting his substance, while he's enjoying his life, uh, the pleasure of sin for a season, while he's following the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, the father never changes the whole time. You see that? He doesn't change. The father doesn't move. The father doesn't compromise. He just continues faithfully. Now, he never ceases. He never ceases loving his son that whole time. But he is not moving into the far country with him. And that's we see that problem with a lot of so-called churches today. They figure out, you know what, here's how we're going to win, win over the world. We're just going to become like the world, so that way there's no difference. No, we don't see that. And you know what, the flip side is this. Don't let this world try to convince you that we're unloving because we don't move into the pig pen too. Right? 
They'll say, you're a, if you don't accept everything that I do and think everything's fine, you don't love us. But I'll tell you what, the Bible never says he accepted that lifestyle. But he still loved him. But he never left. And I'll tell you what. Uh, other churches may compromise, but this one's not. As long as I'm here, uh, we are not compromising from the Bible. We're not walking away from righteousness. Uh, we're not going to change how it gets, how the Bible says you need to get saved, which one of the key things is repentance, right? Turning away from that. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, also in this story, you see that there are expectations after you get saved. There's a certain way to live. Uh, and these are this is not the way to live. And here's the thing. Uh, again, even if every other church gets in the pig pen we don't belong there we never yeah. did we never did and you think about it there's so many people like the younger son aren't there there's many i think the prodigal he, he's got many of them they're driven by their own flesh they're driven by their own desires and here's the problem i i could stop and ask you this question is the younger son saved or not and we'd say we have no clue because he's not living in a way that shows any fruit or any righteousness or any evidence of any changed life. But who knows? He's a son. Remember? He's an heir. He was in father's house. And then he walks away. So here's the problem. It's no, we have no clue what's going on in his life. And the sad thing is, there's a lot of uh, Christians today that are truly saved, but you'd have no idea in this world. It's sad. This world needs to know that we're different. They need to know that we're saved. And uh, I'll tell you what, when someone's uh, testimony and witness matches their life, uh, where they say, I've been changed by the Jesus Christ, he gave me a new life, and then you can see fruit in their life, it's easy to see that something's happened in their life. We see that's fruit. And that's what this world needs. They need to see our spiritual fruit. But like I said, verse 13, uh, you know, he's living it up. Uh, you know, he's living it up with what riotous living. Verse 14, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be and want. What happens? The money runs out. Not just a little famine, a mighty famine hits. And now the far country is not so fun anymore. Right? Yeah. The world. His needs aren't being met. He's not satisfied. He's in want. He, he's, he's not getting everything he wants. Uh, now the struggles of life are starting to pile up. Uh, and you think about it uh, again. I go back to this. The only thing that allowed him to live in the far country was the goods he got from father's house. And when that ran out, when all those blessings ran out, that was it. And he joined himself to a citizen of that country. And it, he sent him to the fields to feed swine. He's getting to his lowest point. There's nothing that will satisfy him. Nobody's able to feed him or nobody wants to. It's a famine, a mighty famine. Nobody cares about him. He's all by himself. The friends are gone. The fun is gone. The money's gone. Everything else is gone. And then look at verse 16. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. It got so bad for him, he looked at the pigs and he said, you know what? The pigs have it better than me. Right? The animals, the farm animals have it better than me. They have a better life than me. And he's actually saying, I want the life of that pig. Right? That's what he's saying. The world, uh, uh, you know, they, the pig has food. The pig has shelter. Someone to take care of it. I don't have anything. 
But you know, isn't that what the world does? It draws you in to the pig pen and makes it look great. To the fact that you uh, you and I would, would almost catch ourselves and say, now wait a second, uh, I'm starting to think that life, uh, uh, living in the far country, life living uh, away from righteousness and away from holiness and following all the sinful desires, when that life starts looking better, we're in trouble. Because that's what he's saying. I'd rather be a pig than an heir, than a son, than being in father's house. I'd rather be a pig. That's how bad it got. I wish I was like him, right? I wish I was like her. I wish I had the life this sinner does. No, no, we don't. When we're jealous of other sinners and their lifestyle, we're just being jealous of the pig like he was. He had a father that loved him. But he chose to leave father's house. And now, he again, he's not living like an heir at all. He's living like an animal. That's how he's living. And that's the extent. That's where it leads to. That's the, that's the lowest point. And then verse 17. I love this phrase. And when he came to himself. Right? When he came to himself and he starts to think about it. How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger. I will rise, go to father and say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He's saying, hey, listen, I would be better off as a servant in my father's house than free, right, a free man in the far country staring at the pig, wishing I could have what the pig has. That's where he got to, but it's the truth, right? I would be better as a servant. That's what he's saying. And you know what? If you watch the news today, it's bad, isn't it? Everything's bad news. You got wars going on and rumors of wars, right? We've got, uh, you know, whether it's Russia already attacking and maybe China will attack Taiwan. We've got recession. We've got inflation. Uh, every company's announcing layoffs. You wonder, is your company next? Just bad news after bad news. And then we, uh, uh, you know, yes, we had an election, but you're not even sure, like you said, Jimmy, we're not even sure if they're going to do what they promised to do or if they'll even make any changes or not. Uh, so even if our candidate won yesterday, we're still not even sure. But verse 17, it said, and when he came to himself, and I thought about that, I believe that is a great uh, picture of what happens in the mind when the Holy Spirit touches and brings things to remembrance and wakes people up out of a spiritual sleep and makes them realize the life of the far country versus the life in father's house. But here's what I realized tonight. You wouldn't have a verse 17. You wouldn't have any came to himself if you didn't have a verse 14. Verse 14, there arose a mighty famine in the land. If that didn't happen, he would have never came to himself. Yeah. You get that? I think that's really important. Because I, I don't know about you, uh, but I believe uh, I, I've seen people my age, I'll pick on my age, my generation, what are, they have more education than their parents, uh, more successful in careers, uh, you know, more money, uh, all of these different things. And we have lived in the last, I don't know, 15 years at least, uh, blessings and prosperity in this nation, and, and people have built wealth and everything else. And, uh, and, and what have we seen? A lot of people my age, uh, maybe they grew up in church, maybe they were saved, and they walked away into this world. Yes, they have a family. Yes, they 
have a home. Yes, they have a career and everything else. But they are living in the far country. But they're satisfied still. Right? Because the mighty famine hadn't hit yet. Yeah. Right? I don't know how long he spent. But it's however long it took for the famine to hit. That's what it was. That's how long. And they don't even think about Father's house where they're going. But here's the thing. What's he say? Verse 20. And he arose, came to his father. But when he was a great, yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And I don't know of a more beautiful picture of compassion and mercy and everything else to see that uh, father not walk to him, not wait for him to get there, but run to him, fall on his neck you know, while he's still dirty and everything else and, and, and kiss him uh, and everything else. But yet again, that would not have happened if there didn't arose a mighty famine in the land. Again, I'll say it again. And then he goes on, and the, and the son said unto the father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Remember, this was his plan. I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm going to ask for forgiveness, and I'm going to ask to be a servant. But the father said to the servants, not, you know, you go join them, but he said, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He, notice he said, uh, my son was dead and now he's a servant. That's not what he says. He was lost and is found and they began to be married. But again, that doesn't happen if there doesn't arose a mighty famine in the land. Yeah. And here's the thing. I've caught myself. I've had to catch myself lately. I'm praying for the recession to end. I'm praying for inflation to go away. I'm playing for the blessings to come back, right? For the, the peace to come back and everything else. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that we never pray for that. But I think sometimes we have to stop and say, maybe we ought to remember those that are in the far country and then forget about some of the material things for a little bit. Because maybe, just maybe, it gets worse and it hurts our wallets. And maybe we don't have as much to spend. And maybe we have to turn to relying on God a little more than we do today. But maybe, just maybe, someone we know that's in the far country, that's still wasting their life on riotous living, maybe they get down to the pig pen finally. Yeah. And maybe then the Holy Spirit touches them and they remember and they come to themselves. That's what I want. I don't know about you. And maybe that it's going to take a little while of them sinking lower. And unfortunately, we got to sink a little bit with them. But guess what? We're still all right. We're still in Father's house. We're still being taken care of by the Father. But one of the things that gets left out of the story is the ending sometimes. The elder brother... The elder brother never left father's house. He kept serving. But let's pay close attention. Remember, he he hears the, the, the music and the partying and everything, and he won't come back in. So the father has to go out to him. And here's what he tells the father, verse 28. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, there his father came out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee, neither transgressed I any time at thy commandment. Yet thou never gavest me a kid that I may my 
might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy servant is come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And, and he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for this thy brother is dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. You look at what that elder brother said. Look at him. He's angry. Verse 28, he's sinning. He was stirring up strife. You know, that's a sin. He's saying, hey, uh, I, lo, these many years did I serve you. That's pride. He's saying, I served you all these years. That's a sin. He lied. He says, hey, I've never transgressed. That's a lie. That's a sin. And then he's saying, yet thou never gavest me a kid. Oh, now, wait a second. Verse 12. How's verse 12 end? And he divided unto him his living? No. He divided unto them. Both sons got half that day. One went to the far country, and the other one's now complaining. You never even gave me a kid so we could have fun. You had half of everything. And you had enjoy, you can enjoy everything. That's a sin. He's ungrateful, unthankful. Uh, and so he's angry, he's whining, he's prideful, he's lying, uh, and he's everything else, but he's still living at Father's house. And he's still serving at Father's house. And you're saying, wait a second. See, maybe a few minutes ago, you're like, shoo, I'm glad I'm not in the far country, right? Far country's getting beat up. The younger one's getting kind of beat up. Well, the elder brother never left. It stayed in Father's house. And you know what? I believe that's a picture of, hey, he's still serving the Lord. Yet, he's not righteous. He's not righteous in the way he's living. And he's serving out of obligation. He's not serving out of love. He's just saying, I've served you, and you don't even care. Uh, you know, if I don't get, uh, if someone doesn't tell me all the time, uh, thank you for what I'm doing, and they don't build me up and everything else as I'm serving God, then I'm not going to do it anymore. Ooh, that's sinful. That's prideful. That's sinful. We're doing it because we love God. We're doing it because of what he's done for us. No, we can never uh, repay the Lord, but we owe our lives to him. Even though the father gave them both everything, he had so many blessings, and he had, uh, both of them were blessed beyond measure. Both of them had an amazing father, but neither of them were enjoying their life. The younger son didn't enjoy it in the pig pen. The older son didn't enjoy it even serving there in father's house. Neither were satisfied at all. And then it comes to this. Are you satisfied? Because you can be unsatisfied in the world and you can be unsatisfied right in this church. Either way. Either way. You're not going to find true satisfaction in the far country. We know that. And you're not going to find it unless you lovingly are serving the Lord for the right reason. Living in Father's house. Remember the younger one wanted to leave. If you want to live in Father's house, you've got to live righteously. And you've got to serve, but you get all the benefits, right? There's no greater life. And that's what, that's what we try to show. There's no greater life than this, than the one right in the middle of God's will. But there is a danger. I believe there's two dangers in this story. There's a danger that you say, you know what? The world looks good. Uh, there's things in the world that, that maybe I miss. Or there's things in the world that, that seem fun and everything else. And the devil tries to paint that deception. And many will walk that way and have a space of their time and their life uh, really 
that's wasted years. If you ask the younger brother, he'd have said, I wasted all those years. But then on the flip side, the elder brother, the thing is, we never see him repent. We don't see it. But I'll tell you what, there was a letter to a church that says, hey, you left your first love. You were serving. I, I see your works, but you've left your first love. And he said, hey, if you don't repent, I'm going to move. I'm going to remove that candlestick. That's dangerous. Then we got this elder brother. I don't know what's ever happened to him, but we have a compassionate father. And what's he do? He goes out to both of them, but he doesn't go all the way. Remember, he runs to him as, it, as the younger son has come closer. And, and to the elder brother, he goes out to meet him. But what's, what's he saying to both of them? Get him right back in the father's house. Right? You know what the Lord wants you to be? He wants you to be satisfied in his house, in his will, serving him. Godliness with contentment is great gain, the Bible says. There's a danger in this story, a twin danger of going either direction. But I'll tell you what, there's no greater life in Father's house. Because yes, you're serving, but you're not a servant. You're an heir. You're yeah. a son. Yeah. Right? So you, I mean, you think about it, a, a servant gets to enjoy the, the protection and some of the blessings of the house, but he never gets it as an inheritance. But the heir does. I'm glad we're a joint heir with Jesus Christ if you're saved tonight. And if you're not saved, I, I'd say get saved. Come to Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Get a new life. And if you are in the far country, you can start coming back home. And I've said it many times. You draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto you. And I believe you start to take one step towards the Lord in repentance and saying, I, uh, just like he did, and saying, I've sinned against heaven and against you. And you start to come back, he'll run to you too. And guess what? You can be right in the middle of his house and not have the right mindset. And he can help you too. He wants us to live righteously and holy. That's why there's only a handful in some of our services. Because we will not give in, and we're not moving to the pig pen. We're not dropping church off the front sign, you know, and calling it the love or the whatever. Because we're going to stand on the Bible. Yeah. And I'm glad. We're right in his will. There's no better life. I love it in Father's house. It's blessed me so much. And I'm glad we can stay there until we, we get our, our new home with him. But I'm going to open up the altar tonight. If you need to pray about anything, 